0: For all this talk that we hear on Mental Health uh, Day, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm just like, where's the action? I I don't want more talk. I'm done with the talk. We need action. I mean, what is the point of actually talking about mental health issues if you can't get the help? Because if you're in crisis, the time to get the help is at that very moment, and you just can't. And I looked into uh, numbers of response times, and as of 2017, the average wait for uh, help for someone who is attempting suicide is six months. I mean, can you imagine waiting that long for help after you've hit rock bottom? I mean, most can't even get out of bed. You know, they're so debilitated by this. Now you gotta, you're told you've got to wait six months for help? Another two-thirds can't get into a facility at all. They can't even get access to a bed in in a facility. They can't even see a psychiatrist within a month. It'd be like having a heart attack and then told, we'll come back in a few weeks and we'll see if you're still around. It's crazy. So this is a crisis, and no level of government has ever bothered to deal with this. And so the Ford government is uh, joining forces with the feds to invest $3.8 billion over the next 10 years in mental health. And uh, today they announced $633 million in funding. This is not new funding. This is funding that was uh, already um, announced by the liberal government. But it will help go to building new facilities, offering beds, supports, research and education. I and mean, it is a drop in the bucket to what it, you know, what is actually needed. But it's a start. Let's bring in the Minister of Health and Long-Term Care, Deputy Premier Christine Elliott, joins us now. Minister uh, Elliott, I think a lot of people will say the talk is great, but we really, at this point, need action when it comes to mental health care. And and there was an announcement. We've got, um, you know, new beds today announced. It's a a pretty big announcement. It's not new money. I mean, this was money, I think, that was committed by the last government, but it is, uh, I think, an important step forward in mental health care.
1: Yes, it's a significant investment of $633 million that does create uh, 235 mental health beds and also um, education and innovation facilities and research facilities. So it's it's an investment, but there is much more work to do, and that is why uh, we are prepared to invest $3.8 billion over the next 10 years to uh, create a comprehensive and connected mental health and addiction system.
0: What does that look like? Because I think the greatest, one of the greatest challenges, because there are many, I think this this one particular file has been so uh, ignored for the last couple of decades by, by previous governments that, you know, we're in a situation now where there are so many people in need, be it, um, you know, crisis management, uh, you know, s- instant care, that when they need help, they need it at that moment, not you know six months down the line. So what services will be available to, let's say, someone who is in crisis today and needs help now?
1: Well, we are uh, creating uh, services. We have opened up 50 new mental health beds. That's, that's a step in the right direction. But we are actively uh, conducting consultations with both uh, service providers as well as people with lived experience to understand what they want and what they need. And we can't let perfect be the enemy of the good in the sense that we can't sit back and wait for two or three years until we develop the perfect system. We know that there are areas where there are significant challenges right now, wait times being one of them, to uh, to receive services. And so we will be making investments um, as we uh, as we proceed um, and we'll uh, connect the points um, in between. There are 13 different ministries that are involved in one way or another with the provision of mental health services. And my job is to, um, to help connect them mm-hmm. so that when people need help, they know where to go and receive, can receive supports in the community without having to wait until the situation becomes acute and they end up in our emergency departments. Nobody wants that. It's not good for the individuals, and it's not good for our healthcare system
0: either. No, and it's creating backlogs in almost every single area because we're just sticking people anywhere we can uh, because we don't, we don't have, I mean, a system or the frontline services to actually get people um, care. One of the big issues, um, and it's, it kind of blends into the long-term care of our seniors, are things like dementia and Alzheimer's care. That is a mental illness, and I'm not sure if that goes under seniors' care or if it would fall into this pocket, but it, it has to be addressed because we don't have any real good care or supports for this generation.
1: I agree. What we're trying to develop is a a system that is going to work for children, youth, adults, and seniors, and to consider all of those issues. It is um, an enormous um, challenge and responsibility, but we can't ignore it anymore because mental health is health. It's equally as important as physical health, and that's why we're making this commitment to, to, um, to make sure that we can connect people with the services and supports that they need to be well.
0: How long are we talking, though, to see actual results where families say, "Okay, I finally feel like uh, we have somewhere we can, we can go and get, you know, instant help"?
1: It's uh, we're working on that on a daily basis. Uh, we people should start seeing results within the uh, the next few months. It's not going to be years before we get to this because we know that the the need is urgent. And and dire for many. So um, we can't just sit back and, and wait until we have the perfect system developed. It's got to be um, action on the ground now.
0: The other area is um is opiate. Uh, we've got an opiate crisis. We've got yes. um, people dying, uh, whether they're a drug addict or if they're just trying something out. This is a huge issue. We don't really have a fix for this. Um, how do you tackle opiate crisis? I mean, if we don't call it call it what it is, will your government? call it what it is, uh, you know, an emergency or a crisis?
1: Yes, the opioid situation in Ontario is a public health crisis. That's why the Premier asked me to um, to consider the role of the former overdose prevention sites now called Consumption and Treatment Services mm-hmm. to make sure that we can um, uh prevent people uh, from dying, first of all, to make sure that there are these sites that continue, but also to make sure that, that they can get into treatment when they're ready to do so. And we know that we don't have enough services available. We don't have enough detox beds. We don't have enough wraparound services for people. That's what we are creating with the consumption and treatment services to make sure that when people make that decision to uh, to seek treatment, that there are immediate support available for them.
0: Is there still a plan to shut down these injection sites? No,
1: no. They are, they are continuing. They, we are continuing with them. Uh, we are still receiving applications from organizations that want to um, continue to operate these centers and that they will be able to comply with the new requirements to make sure that um, people do have those wraparound services available to them because if we want to save lives, of course, that's important. But we also want to make sure that we we complete the, the, the job and when people want treatment and rehabilitation, we need to have those supports ready and available for them.
0: We do, but they're very expensive. I mean, ultimately, if someone goes in to get a safe injection, I, I mean, I think a lot of people would prefer them not come out and go straight into some kind of support system so that they can get off the drugs that ultimately will kill them. Um, yes. But that's expensive. You know, we talked to Don Drummond. Um, you know, he he came out with a report many years ago. It was ignored by the previous government, but healthcare was one of the biggest uh, costs, uh, you know, is the biggest cost in this province, and something like what we're talking about, which is really a solution instead of this Band-Aid fix, where is that money coming from?
1: Well, we have to find those um, dollars within the healthcare budget. We know that we have a $15 billion deficit, so there's not a lot of um, money that's just sitting around. So what we are doing in the Ministry of Health is we are looking at everything in health, the way we deliver services to look for ways that we can um, use public dollars well. We know that we spend a huge amount of money, it's a $61 billion budget in health. We're spending a lot of money, but many, many studies um, have indicated that we're not getting the best value for those dollars, so we want to make sure that we use every taxpayer dollar well and that we can find those uh, savings within the budget so that we can invest in the services that people need, like consumption and treatment services and uh, mental health and addiction services generally.
0: So in other words, cut the bureaucracy but bulk up the front lines?
1: We want to make sure that as much money as possible can go into frontline service because what we're hearing from people in healthcare generally, but particularly in mental health and addictions, is that we need more um, counselling and other services available for people. So that's what we want to concentrate on.
0: And is the funding that we are talking about now could that funding be expanded? I mean, I know that the province is working with the federal government on this. And like I said, this is an issue that has been ignored for an awfully long time. Will there be at some point any possibility that more funding um, with a real program is put in place?
1: Well, we are making a, a, an historic investment with $3.8 billion over 10 years, $1.9 billion from the province and $1.9 billion from the federal government, which we are very grateful to receive, and we are also receiving one-time funding to assist with the with the opioid crisis. So I signed the agreements with the federal Minister of Health last week, and uh, we are both uh, very much wanting to proceed with treatment and services to get people the help they need because uh, every person in Ontario deserves to have the opportunity to be um, mentally well. And we see this as a priority because um, mental health is health.
0: Yeah, and not everybody can be, in fact, cured with a magic wand. You know, yes. now that you've been on the job for six-ish, seven months, and you've had a good um, opportunity to dig into the books and see the problem areas and read the fine print, is it as bad as you thought, worse, or do you feel like you can get your head around this uh, this file? This file has
1: been um, of, of key interest to me for a number of years. I was the Vice Chair of the Select Committee in 2008-2009 when the uh, Select Committee on Mental Health and Addictions was established um, as a result of my private member's bill. So um, I have been working on, on this file for many years, even as a volunteer for 10 years before I got into politics. It was one of the reasons why I did enter political life and so I am committed to finding a solution.
0: Minister, I thank you for your time. appreciate your uh, your joining us. A pleasure. Thank you, Alex. That is Minister Christine Elliott, uh, Minister of Health and Long-Term Care, she's also the Deputy Premier. It is not an easy gig. This is not going to be an easy fix. But we are not going to fix it until we make a real, real investment. A big part of that investment is elderly senior care for dementia and, and Alzheimer's. You've got to get them out of the system to make room for others who have different kind of mental illnesses. It's, it's a massive, massive issue. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global
1: News Radio.